For all my non-hockey fans out there, have you ever heard of Steve Durbano? Or as I like to call him, the Canadian cocaine cowboy. Dude was a menace in the best way possible on the ice. Let's get into it. So Stevie D, not not actually his nickname, his real name is Harry Steven Durbano, and he's born December 12th, 1951, in the beautiful land to the north, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So like I said in the intro, hockey guy. He was a defenseman, he played for a couple teams throughout his career, he played for the Colorado Rockies, which is not the baseball team. It was once upon a time a hockey team. The Kansas City Scouts, Pittsburgh Penguins, St. Louis Blues, and the Birmingham Bulls, just to name a couple of the teams he was on. He was the 13th overall pick in 1971, drafted by the New York Rangers, and his total playing career was from 1971 to 1978. And I know what you're thinking, that sounds pretty short, and we'll talk about why he didn't last too long in the league. So, born and raised Toronto, Canada, all of that, you play hockey growing up. And I'm actually doing a series about the Miracle on Ice United States hockey team for a different show I'm starting, but... In Canada at the time, Canada played a different type of hockey compared to what the Europeans played or like what Russia played. Canada was a lot more aggressive in terms of like body checks and all of that shit. And that is where Durbano thrived. He, growing up, local star, according to all accounts, was 60s, he was on the rise people were expecting to see him eventually go professional. The team he played for growing up was called the Toronto Marlboros, which I have no idea what that mascot is. I'm going to do some quick research. I'll get back to you. After a quick Google search, I couldn't find exactly what a Marlboro is. It says here, in 1903, club secretary Fred... Fred Waghorn wrote to the Duke of Marlborough in England for permission to use the name and crest. So I guess it's a reference to the Duke of Marlborough in England. There you go. Anyway, back to Stevie D. His first year playing at the age of 17, 1968-1969, he spent over 158 minutes in the penalty box which is i'm assuming if you're a hockey fan you probably have heard of this guy so you know that this is what his career ends up being but that is an insane statistic 158 minutes in one season for reference the nhl record for most penalty minutes in a season is 351 and he was doing essentially one third of that at the age of 17. 
And for anybody who's not super aware of what the penalty box is a reference to, in hockey, you get put in the penalty box if you commit some sort of, like, infraction, I guess is the best way to put it. You commit a penalty. So, in football, flag gets thrown if you commit a penalty. Basketball, you get a foul. Somebody shoots a free throw, something like that. You only have six until you're thrown out. Hockey, you get or excuse me, soccer, you get like yellow card, red card, shit like that. Well, in hockey, you get taken off the ice and your team has to play with one less player when you're in the box. And depending on what you did, you spend different amounts of time in the box before you can come back out, help your team, all of that. When one team has a player in the penalty box, the other team is on what's considered a power play because normally you have five players on the ice. If one person's in the penalty box, your team has four, and now it's five on four. So it's a little bit easier to score in theory. You know, they measure like effectiveness of how good you are on the power play, shit like that. It's just a stat in hockey. And obviously, the more time you spend in the penalty box as a player, the more you're hurting your team. So anyway, an example, Steve Durbano, road game, he's a kid, road game with the St. Catharines Black Hawks. On November 11th, 1969, he gets called for a high sticking penalty and him and his teammate are in the penalty box together. So, his, you know, his teammate, the guy named Steve Shutt, which I believe is a hockey hall of famer. Either way, they're in the penalty box, same time, both committed a penalty and they start an argument with officials and fans because the penalty box, again, if you're not super familiar with hockey, is kind of like, jammed into the stands so fans are like banging on the little like plexiglass like trying to fuck with you and they start fucking with them back so an argument ensues and because of the arguing he was called for something called misconduct misconduct penalty and then he was told you're done you have to go to the dressing room see you fucking later so now he's walking out of the penalty box towards the dressing room and you have to walk through like the aisle of fans if you've again never seen how it you can watch a youtube video you'll get you'll get the idea pretty quick but either way he's walking through he's getting kicked out to the dressing room and then he gets in an altercation with the police who are watching the uh watching the little alley you know he gets arrested and I couldn't find anything about it in terms of legally. It looks like it was settled out of court, but that is what he's doing as a young adult. This this is just setting the stage, setting the foundation for what this dude's career becomes. So the full story actually goes a little bit more like this. On November 11th, 1969, he's 17, right? He's in the penalty box and with five minutes and 48 seconds left in the third period, he gets called for high sticking, goes into the penalty box. He's with Steve Shutt and he begins arguing with some of the officials as well as all the fans because he thought Shutt had spent enough time in the penalty box and he was just 
he was making an argument that the officials were kind of rigging it. They wanted to keep shut in the penalty box as long as possible. And by yelling at officials, he is given a 10 minute penalty, which the game's only got five minutes left. So that's why he was heading back down to the dressing room. So he's walking to the dressing room and he's still pretty pissed. And he starts their policemen and it doesn't say exactly what happened, but they continue to jaw at one another. And eventually they, it's what's described as a scuffle with the police to the point where some of his teammates had to come try and help him as well as his Toronto head coach, a guy by the name of Gus Bodner. Either way, they say that the whole thing was provoked by St. Catherine's timekeepers as well as the off-ice officials. They, you know, they were convinced that they were getting rigged out of having one of their best players, Steve Shutt, on the ice. Stevie D, about that action. Durbano's arrested, you know, but he was allowed to return to Toronto with his team while charges were being filed against him. He's eventually charged with assault, causing bodily harm because one policeman, a guy named Bill Smith, had been cut on the head during the incident. Then on top of that, his coach, Gus Bodner, was also charged with common assault, and Bodner and Durbano were like, fuck that, and they immediately filed charges against that same officer, Bill Smith. Anyway, it's all, you know, go to court, not in court, they're in court. It's all settled out of court anyway. There's no chart, no, no prison time, no conviction, all of that. But that is the full story. And remember how I said the NHL record is 351 penalty minutes in a season? Well, Durbano this season, 69-70, finished with uh, 371. The next season, and doing some math here, because I forgot to put in his birthday. He's born in 1951. Next season's going to be 70-71, so he's coming up on 20. He uh, he gets suspended twice, but becomes a better hockey player and ends up actually being named to the OHA All-Star Team. Congrats. I should probably look up what OHA stands for. Give me one sec. Actually, before I even look it up, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess it stands for Ontario Hockey Association. I'll let one of you guys do the Googling. Let me know if I was wrong. But context clues make me think I might be right about that. So he's an OHA all-star. He's doing it on the rise, 20 years old around there. And the 1971 amateur draft comes around. And the New York Rangers are like, we need it. Give us Stevie D. Give us Durbano. 13th overall pick. And just after this, Boston Bruins actually drafted uh, Terry O'Reilly, who I believe is also a Hockey Hall of Famer. Quick look that up. Terry O'Reilly is not a Hall of Famer, but he at least was an NHL All-Star at some point. Some, uh, we'll call them highlights for the sake of the show. Some highlights from his final junior season on, uh, on December 20th, 1970, home game versus a team called Peterborough. Durbano picked up 45 penalty minutes, which included three major penalties, one misconduct, and one game misconduct. 
If you're asking me what's the difference between all of those, I legitimately could not tell you. The final penalty of that game, I guess that fucking sends it over the edge, was what is the what is described, excuse me, what's described as a vicious slash that broke a guy named Craig Ramsey's ankle, as well as uh, infuriated the entire Peterborough bench. You understand if you just watch your teammate get their fucking ankle snapped in half, you'd probably be pretty pissed too. If you're not pissed, you're honestly a pretty bad teammate. Earlier in that same game, Durbano also uh, hard-checked a guy named Ken Richardson, which ended up hospitalizing him as well. And, uh, yeah, that's that's your boy. That's Stevie D. The coach of this Peterborough team was so pissed with how Durbano was essentially just kicking the shit out of this dude's players. He threw such a fit that he was like, if Durbano is not suspended... They would retaliate in a future game against one of Toronto's stars, which that's just the culture of hockey. Like, all right, you know, if you fuck up one of our guys, we got no choice. We're going to fuck up one of yours. This one suspension kind of kicked off more suspensions for him in the season. Because I think once you get suspended once or once you show that like, hey, this is who I am as a player, I imagine they're looking at you under a microscope a little bit more frequently so later in that same season so for that that game those two injuries he caused slashing and then sending dude to the hospital two game suspension and then later on in the season catches a 10 game suspension and then after that oha president a guy by the name of clarence schmalls said that uh he would be giving durbano an additional suspension for his role in a team brawl it's not clear if he's the only guy that got suspended or if he got you know like singled out because he already had suspensions in the past but he catches his third suspension and again they're saying like oh he instigated the fight and according to news reports Durbano had instigated the fight which lasted more than 10 minutes and ended only after the arena management decided to play O Canada throughout the loudspeakers in order to throw confusion into the chaos. So part of professional hockey is kind of similar to professional baseball, which if you listen to my Jose Canseco episode, I talk a little bit about minor league baseball, how it works, whatever. Hockey's pretty similar. So he gets, he get Jesus, he gets drafted by the New York Rangers and before they put him in like the major league the rangers he has to play for their minor league team first so they can understand like is this is this guy gonna be good enough to compete at a pro level what's up quick break time it's crazy there's going to be another segment where uh greg from the future interrupts so try and make this one quick Seriously, thank you for listening. Even if this is 15 minutes in, appreciate it. If you want to shout, uh, Jesus, if you want to shout out or like, not like a shout out advertisement, or if you just want to say what's up, that's what I meant to say. If you just want to say what's up, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. DMs are open on Instagram at plus minus pod, and that's just P O D. 
and seriously, it doesn't even need to be about the like about the podcast. You can just DM me. I'm always down to talk about sports. I'm a 23-year-old guy. You know, say what's up. I'm sure we can talk about something. If you got episode ideas, you get it. And then also uh, feel free to, to put a review out on iTunes. Tell me what you think. The fact that you're listening, your voice should be heard. Enough of me. Back to the other version of me. So Durbano was sent to go play in the Central Hockey League with the Omaha Knights. And at that point, the Rangers, they were not too impressed with him. They were probably pretty bummed that they spent the uh, 13th overall pick on him. He ended up with, again, just a absolutely insane 402 penalty minutes that season which I mean just do simple math like currently I believe amateur or not amateur but like lower level hockey teams play like 76 games a year and each hockey game is an hour long so if you just do 76 times 60 you get 4,560 and he spent that's the total minutes so 4,560 total minutes of potential play in a season and Durbano Stevie D is out here missing just about 10% of that with uh how much did we say 402 penalty minutes in that season that's roughly the equivalent of missing seven games just by penalties but on the positive note that season he actually ended up with 41 points which again if you're not super familiar with hockey a player gets a point for any assist or goal I believe hockey fans could correct me on that but that's like a general thing so if you're playing Say if you were to play all 76 games and you scored a point in every single one, you would end the season with 76 points as a player. From what I could find out, the average is like 50 points a game. Like, that's considered good. It's not exceptional. But Steve with 41 as a defenseman is generally impressive. Like, that's not bad. That's not bad at all defensemen tend to score a little bit less because they're not they're not like the puck dominant player they're not taking as many shots they're scoring less goals all of that you know they might get more assists but even still they their purpose is much more so to help the goalie than it is to help the offense also super quick correction I misspoke at the very start when I was talking about penalty minutes I said if it's five on four, it's actually six players on a hockey team on the ice at once. I kind of forgot about the goalie, but there's five who are, those are the ones who are skating around. You got center, you got your two wings, and you got your two defensemen. So Steve Durbano, defensive guy, if he's in the penalty box, they're down a defenseman. His team is. Quick correction. But anyway, back to Stevie D. And that season, the 402 uh, two penalty minutes actually set a CHL record for most penalty minutes, which was later broken 
Either way, the Rangers were like, eh, 41 points, but this dude is always in the fucking penalty box. He missed essentially a tenth of the season by penalty minutes alone. We're going to go ahead and trade this dude. So Stevie D was traded to the St. Louis Blues on May 24th, 1972 for future considerations. And those considerations ended up to be goalie Peter McDuff and a guy named Kurt Bennett who was arguably, according to this, the most talented member of a hockey-playing family. I don't know what that means. It could be a cheeky reference to something, but I'm assuming that's for you hockey fans out there. So he gets traded for a guy, Peter McDuff and Kurt Bennett. St. Louis felt like they needed a defenseman pretty quick, so he actually didn't even play for their like little farm system. He makes their starting lineup in 1972-1973. And he ends up being in the St. Louis franchise, which again, I'm sure it's been broken since. He was the youngest player to ever be a starter for them because at this point, he's probably 22 around that age. One of the reasons he made it at such a young age onto the, like the final roster was in this 1970s era, it was like I said, just like such physical hockey that you kind of needed people like Durbano who weren't afraid to go in there and get a couple of fucking teeth knocked out. Um, the main, like the most iconic team from this era that kind of like epitomizes that style of play was the Philadelphia uh, Flyers. I almost said Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia Flyers, Broad Street Bullies. And there's actually a really interesting... HBO documentary about this team and it kind of talks about how the Philadelphia Flyers got their asses kicked by the St. Louis Blues on many an occasion and so that's that the Philadelphia Flyers were like yeah you know what are we gonna do about this and that's when they started it's described as an aggressive team that bent rules is how they're they're talked about but all that meant is that they used a lot of fighting and a lot of intimidation. So if you're interested in checking out any more of like hockey documentary, hockey content, that's one of the ones that I think is a little bit more of like a hidden story, but just so cool to, to check out. The Broad Street Bullies, it's on HBO, check it out. But no free plugs for HBO. They don't, they don't need your money, they're fine. They also didn't pay me to say anything good about them, so moving on. Because the Philadelphia Flyers were getting their asses kicked by the St. Louis Blues, yo, that's why Durbano fit in so well with them. Like the St. Louis Blues at the time kind of forced some teams to change their play style, teams like Philadelphia. And Durbano in this season, like I said, fit in took to a fucking fish like water he put up put up is a funny way of putting it 231 penalty minutes in this season which again fucking insane he's legitimately out there just wearing he's he's in a boxing match wearing ice skates you know what i mean like he's going out there checking people into the boards breaking necks all of that high sticking you fucking name it but it's not like, you know, on the days where he wasn't fighting, it's not like he was a bad player. In fact, 
he set the St. Louis Blues record for goals in a game. He got he had four goals against the California Golden Seals on February 3rd, 1973. Team record, yo. And he's he's a kid, he's 21. He's he's not bad at hockey. I know a lot of these stories, it's like, oh well, he's only good at one thing, one trick pony, which Durbano kinda kinda is, but he's not especially like in hockey, it's the role of like a goon is kind of like a specific role that's kind of like what you're there for. But Durbano was, you know, a little bit more than just a goon. And it's weird. If you look up a picture of Steve Durbano, which you absolutely should, he looks like a combination of Mr. Bean also like with all four of the Beatles like pushed together. So combine those four, add Mr. Bean, and you've kind of got the all-time leader in penalty minutes in hockey, Steve fucking Durbano. When you picture the Beatles and when you picture Mr. Bean, you don't necessarily picture somebody who's too intimidating, do you? That's kind of the funny part. Durbano's time with St. Louis would come to an end pretty quick. About halfway through that next year, his, uh, his sophomore season, he was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins along with Ab DeMarco Jr. and Battleship Bob Kelly for Brian Bugsy Watson, Greg Indianapolis, and a draft pick that ultimately yielded Bob Hess. Don't ask me why all of these dudes have nicknames. I assume it has something to do with the, uh, I don't know, the fucking culture at the time. Either way, even though he only played for St. Louis for half a season, and Pittsburgh for half a season, he finished that year leading both teams in penalty minutes. Fucking insane. So now we're heading into 1974 and 1975, and before the season could even start, Durbano was suspended. In a preseason game, he was fighting against the a team, the Kansas City Scouts, which I actually looked up this team. They only played like one season, because doing research for this, there's so many NHL expansion teams that honestly I would love to do some sort of episode on it. It's, it is legitimately fascinating. Either way, against the Kansas City Scouts, Jesus Christ, he gets in a fight, two game suspension to start the season, and he got a fine for attempting to beat the shit out of a guy named Gary Coulter with his stick. Then, later on in the season, they were going against the Cleveland Crusaders. So it's Pittsburgh versus Cleveland, and he sucker punches a guy named Jerry Pinder, which, which caused the benches to clear. And the Crusaders just said, fuck it, and they actually forfeited the game as a result of the sucker punch. So I don't know how many guys you can say punch somebody to win a game, but Stevie D did that. Then, on October 19, 1974, he received a 10-minute misconduct penalty less than two minutes into the first period, and part of this, it doesn't say exactly what it was, and I tried to find evidence, like, I tried to find video, couldn't find it. Either way, he shatters his wrist as part of whatever got him this misconduct, and this wrist injury is actually what leads to his eventual drug addiction, which is why I call him the Canadian cocaine cowboy. 
and he ended up missing the remainder of the season, but would come back 1975-76. So the next year, Durbano again doesn't make it for the start of the season. Why is that? He's suspended by the Penguins for what is quote conduct during training camp. Doesn't really say exactly what it was, but at this point, the Penguins were pretty much sick of it. They He'd been suspended now twice, led them in penalty minutes. You name it. It's not, not necessarily conducive to a good team, having a guy like this constantly being a distraction. And one of the most crazy parts about Durbano's like whole career is he signed a 12-year deal with the Penguins when they traded for him, which... You don't hear about that in like any sport other than baseball. I've never, I to this day don't think I've heard of a 12 year NHL contract. But the Penguins had no intention of seeing it through anyway. And by the middle of the season, they had, they had enough. They traded Durbano along with a guy named Chuck Arneson and a first rounder who would end up being trade, who would end up being drafted as Paul Gardner to the Kansas City Scouts for Simon Nole, Ed Gilbert, and a first-round pick that ended up being Blair Chapman. Now, this was Kansas City. It, it was only their second season, and they had, at this point, over the last 40 games of the season, they had fired and hired three different coaches and won just a single game. Think about that. 40 games, one win, three different coaches. Two of those coaches never won a game. That's crazy. In those 40 games, Durbano played in 37 and ended up tallying 209 penalty minutes. Since he was traded halfway through the year, you add on the total that he had in Pittsburgh at the time he was traded, and he finished with a league-leading 370 penalty minutes. Quick interjection, Greg from the future here. I changed my recording location. I'm sorry, I've been moving around a ton. So if you notice the audio sounds a little bit different in kind of the second half, totally my fault, totally my bad. Hope it's not too bad though. Anyway, back to it. Sorry for that quick interjection of that ad, but I went ahead and looked up back to it 370 penalty minutes it's about six hours if you like do the math i'm based out of minnesota twin cities area that him missing that much time is the equivalent of me driving to chicago or i went and looked up some other like big cities new york it says six hours away drive time to boston so you're driving from new york to boston or if you're in la it takes six hours to drive to yosemite so just think about that. Six hours of game time this dude missed because on the ice, he was just beating the shit out of people. So following the 370 minute penal 370 penalty minute season, uh, the scouts and the Washington Capitals went on a goodwill tour to Japan to try and promote the game of hockey, which I tried to find information about it. Couldn't find a ton. So I don't know. It just sounded super interesting. That's all I could find. Either way, he's out there. He's over in Japan, and he's on the ice and doesn't like a call. Looked up footage of this. Couldn't find it either, but he just fires a fucking rocket at 
one of the officials heads for whatever they call them for and you know if that doesn't encourage you or your children to play hockey maybe hockey isn't for you obviously i'm kidding i know recently that one very unfortunate story of i think it was the guy in russia who unfortunately passed away after being hit in the face with a puck it is super dangerous so you can tell this dude steve durbano stevie d is a legitimate madman that next season because the scouts were so horrible not really bringing in any money they moved to colorado and became the colorado rockies and i know what you're thinking because i thought the exact same thing as i was doing research colorado rockies baseball team greg what the fuck are you talking about no i swear the rockies were originally the name for the hockey team before they became the colorado colorado avalanche either way steve durbano transfers he's part of the part of the team he's not cut or anything like that so here we go moving the story colorado unfortunately his time in colorado you know i said the story moved to colorado but pretty much as quickly as we got here we're leaving here he only showed up in 19 games for them and he was quickly demoted because in 19 appearances he racked up 130 penalty minutes that's two hours so wherever you're at, picture what a two-hour drive away would be. That's how much time this dude spends in the fucking penalty box in just 19 games. By the way, that 130 penalty minutes led the, led the team still at the end of the year, and he didn't even play with them after 19 games. So he ends up getting cut after that year. He becomes a free agent, and he ends up signing with the Detroit Red Wings. I know Detroit likes to call themselves Hockey Town, so does Pittsburgh. I don't know what Hockey Town is. Minnesota, where I'm from, calls it, you know, we're the hockey state, except the Wild seem to shit the bed every time they make the playoffs. Either way, Detroit picks him up. But it's almost like a pattern is kind of developing here. The, uh, the Red Wings decide they don't need him, probably not worth the hassle, and they send him to the WHA Birmingham Bulls. There he uh, he uh, again. If this if you're surprised by this stat, I feel like you haven't been listening. He again led the league. He had 284 penalty minutes. You can do the math at this point. How many hours that means he's missing, and that was in just 45 games. Again, it is un- unfathomable if you have even watched like one game of hockey and you're like, oh, damn, that seems super shitty that that guy gets taken off the ice. Yeah, imagine getting taken off the ice for 284 minutes. And in what might be like one of the most wild hockey stories that I have read, I'm pulling it up here. So Jack Hansen was a guy who played on the Birmingham Bulls with Steve Durbano. And in one game, they were playing the Winnipeg Jets. And Hansen and this guy named Bobby Hull get into a fight. And Hansen yanks this dude Hull's sewn-in wig off of his head during a game and a huge fight erupts it said quote bobby started to bleed from the top down and the blood was coming all over and he had to walk off the ice it was an embarrassment in a lot of ways that was just one of the stories that happened it wasn't a pleasant thing it happened so quick i didn't know what he was doing he just did it But since this episode's about Steve Durbano, we gotta talk about Steve Durbano and what he ended up doing 
this exact same night. Here's a quote from one of his teammates. After the game, I recall Ken Linsman, Steve Durbano, and I were walking from the rink and we were going back to the hotel and Durbano kicks this fellow that was voicing his opinion at him and a, fright, and a fight breaks out right outside our dressing room. Now this fellow that he kicked is a tough guy, but you don't know that when a fellow is in a shirt and a tie. You don't know whether he is tough or not. So the fellow puts Durbano down and our manager runs into the room and yells, Durbano is getting the living hell beat out of him. Six guys come out of the dressing room with no clothes on, they were all in the shower, and we got a hundred spectators here. We have six guys pulling this fellow off. It really was like the movie Slapshot. This is the WHA. In just 45 games with the Bulls, he was productive enough to get one more shot in the NHL. He his time with the Bulls, he had 40 he spent 45 games, excuse me, six goals, four assists, total of 10 points. Good enough to get him one more shot with St. Louis. Unfortunately for Steve, his time in St. Louis was pretty much nothing impressive. And when I was going through his stats, my first thought was, oh, you know, he must be like 30, 35 at this point. Like, he's just getting old. He's not as productive. He is, uh, he's only 27 at this time, which I think is when a lot of people are reaching their, like, physical peak. And then it lasts, like, until they're, like, 32 Either way, his last year with St. Louis, super unimpressive. He has one goal, one assist, two points total on the year. Only shows up in 13 games. But besides the fact that he's 27 but looks like 53, like look up what look up what he looked like on the ice. This I don't think this dude looked under 20 a day in his life. Either way, in one game against the New York Rangers, and you can look it up, there's a huge brawl. It's it's an interesting video. He's He gets ejected, he's skating off the ice, and he turns, and when I first read about it, it said Steve Durbano moons the Madison Square Garden crowd. From what I can tell, he just shows a little ass crack, but the, the announcers are like, oh, that is just despicable. Like. They're making a big deal about it. Meanwhile, in the complete opposite exit off the ice, there is a huge brawl between St. Louis and New York. And somehow Steve Durbano didn't seem like he had much to do with this one. But the announcers the whole time are referring to St. Louis as St. Louis. And I have never once, never once heard somebody call it that. So if anybody listening is from St. Louis, please tell me if you have ever ever heard somebody actually from your from your city refer to it as St. Louis. But anyway, we have arrived at the end of Steve Durbano's hockey career. His career plus minus is negative 22. That's not good. His career best plus minus was in 1974 with 17, positive 17 but career average, negative 22. Sorry, misspoke. Career worst plus minus is negative 22, not career average. Either way, not fucking good. So with his professional hockey career ending in 1979, what happened next, right? That's the question. Where's where's the crime? Where's the Steve Durbano, the mentally unhinged guy on the ice surely off the ice he was normal as can be right 
Well, here's an article from the uh, the UPI, which I believe is some sort of Canadian news network. February 9th, 1981. Steve Durbano, a former player for the St. Louis Blues, has been charged with illegally importing narcotics, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police spokesman said Monday. Durbano, who last played in the NHL during the 1978-79 season, was arrested Saturday at Toronto International Airport aboard an Air Canada flight from Miami. RCMP spokesman Brian Davis said customs officers seized about 474 grams of cocaine, estimated by police to be worth about $71,000, which, if you're curious, today is about half a million dollars. And then, quote, the seizure came after a joint investigation by the RCMP and Canada Customs in cooperation with the Peel Regional Police. Also, upon further research, it said that the uh, the cocaine was smuggled into the heel of his shoe, like he had hollowed out his shoe and shoved it in there. After his trial and all that, he's sentenced in 1983 to seven years in prison, of which he only serves 28 months. But that wasn't the end of his uh, his legal woes, and it's actually kind of sad. Like this next arrest. Um, I couldn't find a date for it. I know I had it somewhere, but it's not in my notes. Uh, he had been arrested again for shoplifting or attempted attempting to shoplift five shirts from a men's clothing store. And at his arrest, he had $12 in his pocket and claimed to be on welfare, which is so sad. You know, you always hear like professional athletes blow all of their money and I can't remember. ESPN did a 30 for 30 on it. It's called Broke. It There's a percentage of athletes who like file for some level of bankruptcy within X number of years. I think it's like five years after being done as a professional athlete. It's so sad. Always sad, but you know, stealing isn't really that cool either. I'm assuming he only got like a fine or probation or something because I couldn't find any, like, jail records for him at the time. Fast forward now to 1998, when uh, he actually has to spend three months in jail because he, on a charge of, quote, procurement, which is Canada's way of saying prostitution, uh, well, he's actually a pimp, he attempted to hire a woman who was actually an undercover police officer to work as a prostitute for the escort service, he was running out of a Welland hotel room. One quote about him that I think describes it perfectly to the point where I'm not even going to, uh, to, to reword it or like, I don't know, here we go. Somebody who knew him, unnamed person, said, quote, drugs, broads, booze, brawling, and hubris. That's Steve Durbano. And it's like, well, damn, if you were to kind of uh, summarize what the episode up until this point has been, kind of fits the bill. And that's pretty much the story of Steve Durbano. He kind of came from an era that I couldn't find a ton of information. There was at least some YouTube footage, which was sweet, but dude was a talented guy. People liked him. He had like stick skill, like all scouting reports say that all, all of these reports and all of that. They say that he was a good player. They say that he was worth having on your team. But at the time, nobody wanted him to actually play. 
they wanted him to fight. They knew that he was crazy. They knew what he was willing to do. They knew what he was capable of. And unfortunately, it seems like that might have only kind of encouraged Steve. Maybe he was a little bit, you know, into, uh, like, teammates of his said that he would drink, you know, games and everything like that. But I don't think many people, many of his teammates, a lot of his teammates were probably doing the same thing, you know. And unfortunately, Steve Durbano's story does have even more of us more of a sad ending he unfortunately passed away in 2002 at the age of 50 he died from liver cancer and it is said by all his family and everything he ended he died in the northwest territories which i really mean no offense to canada you guys are just north of me so i don't i don't want to i don't want to talk down to you guys too much or like misspeak sound offensive to you guys I don't know, the Northwest Territories, whatever that means. Said he was looking for a calmer life. I hope he got it. You know, he might have kind of been a scumbag. I didn't know the guy. But I'll try not to speak ill of the dead as much as possible. Stevie D, Cocaine Cowboy. That's the story. That's it. I don't know. Sorry, this episode was a little bit shorter. The last three-parter I did on Randall Woodfield kind of took some energy out of me, so I tried to do a little bit more of, like, a fun story. Next week, I might have, like, another crazier one. I'm trying to plan my schedule. But that's it. That's Steve Durbano. Uh, he's the type of dude which, if you can pick up a vintage jersey, you got a story. Like, if people are like, oh, man, Durbano, that, that doesn't really quite sound familiar. You got a lot to talk about. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. My name's Greg. I'll see you in the next one. Also, don't forget, if you get the opportunity, any sort of review on the Apple uh, app, whatever the fuck, means the world. Also, feel free to reach out on Instagram. Say what's up. Tell me you hate my content. Tell me you love my content. Just say what's up. Be a friend. Tell a friend. See you guys next time.